Welcome to another uh, podcast of Tripeza. Morning, Pez. Morning, mate. How you doing? Yeah, very well, very well. Have you been having a uh, busy season so far with racing? It's really hotting up now, mate. Got um, races coming thick and fast. Um, this weekend, we've got Sam Marin Championship. Um, one of me elite juniors is doing Blenheim. So I'll be over there. And then I've also got Chantel. Um, racing over in Germany so it's yeah I mean it, it literally now the race season started it's coming thick and fast and is there still a lot of races within the Spirit um, League at the moment yeah there's one uh, at the end of June in Germany and then there's one in France uh, I think that is mid-July or the, towards the end of July out the west and then in I think it's end of August there's one in Austria. So there's four races in a year. And how's ETE doing in the ranking? Um, I think we're... I think we're fifth, but Chantel's second. Yes. And then um, I think Claire Wellers. I think she's either sixth or seventh, something like that, over the females. But yeah, no, mate, it's going really well. And the feedback, you know, from the Spirit, Spirit Series itself, I think the, the engagement's good. I think the concept is really good. That's working really well. It's good for the athletes, isn't it? It's good exposure. For yeah, them. no, it's really good. You know, the thing is, the transition from when you get your, you know, if you, I mean, Claire Weller actually just recently where she won, um, she won Outlaw uh, 70.3 um, as a top age group, if you like. But from the, off the back of it, she's confirmed... Uh, now she's got pro license, you know, from her previous performances before that. So we're talking about athletes sort of going from that kind of top level transition to become an elite pro, and that's the next step up for for these guys. Because then above that, you've got like top European level and then world class level, you know. So there's been a gap in the, gap in the industry, really, if you like, for athletes to kind of step up to that next kind of tier. So they've got some prize money, got some exposure, build a profile, uh, and, and they've got a chance, you know, they're not racing like Daniel Arif mm. or Alistair Brownlee and Jan Fredino. They're they're racing athletes around about their level, might be a little bit better than them, but they've got they've got a chance. It's still a ch- it's still challenging enough where they have to, you know, still compete. Um but no, it's, it's a good concept. And what sort of stuff do they win? They they win a purse prize, don't they? Yeah, so in so and a lot of people get confused with the Spirit Series. So it's a, it's, it's a race series within a, within four races. So they get a prize uh, purse for the Spirit Series. And then, uh, to give you an example, if, if I was to win um, the next race overall, I would win the winner's prize purse and the Spirit Series purse. So oh, okay. these athletes yeah. have got a good opportunity to win, you know, win a fair amount of money. And that's the whole point of it. So, I mean, I could literally come fourth in the overall race, but second in the Spirit Series. But actually, I still get a good prize purse because the Spirit Series yeah. has got a good prize purse. So it's what it's all about is giving, giving the athletes um, enough financial winnings to go to that next race and, and build some kind of... Uh, bucket of money really so they can actually support themselves because professional triathlon is not like being a professional football player um, and you know, obviously you've you've followed Daniel Arif around for, for a year you know 
the top top end athletes earn a decent living mm. but when they're trying to make it some do well because they're good on social media but others struggle because they don't like to talk about themselves so where do they get that finance from mm. and it's from prize money but when there's not not a platform out there for them to do that it's very difficult so you know it gives them a good opportunity I did a weekend with um, uh, Dave Ellis yep Paralympian Dave Ellis I yep. think he's three times ITU world <clears throat> champion isn't yep. he, Dave? good athlete really good athlete and I, he, they get like zero exposure for, yep. for everything they do and these guys are something else you know? mm. I think they need even more exposure yeah than what the elite athletes do yeah. that uh, have a perfect body and, mm. and, and can you, like Dave's um, visually impaired mm. and races with a guide who's going to be tinned on yeah. in the in the Olympics next year yeah. and uh, I think these guys really need help like raising their yeah. profiles you know I'd do well, I think I'd do anything to try and help them to raise their profile for me Dave realistically and unfortunately for, for athletes like Dave the criteria that he races under is not always in the Olympic Games because mm. they actually, uh, every kind of time the Olympic comes around, they actually, I don't know actually how they choose the categories, but they just cherry pick yeah. categories at a certain degree. So some, unfortunately for Dave, um, his category is not always in the Olympic Games. And mm. I think this time around, I, th- I yeah, believe it is, it, yeah. it's going to be. And I, but I believe he's Olympic champion material. He came out to Cyprus on a camp and, I think he's an amazing, like amazing guy, amazing athlete, um, extremely um, brave in terms of you know the way he runs around the track and he can't really see. But when you speak to him, he can kind of see, but it's all blurry. Yeah. So and that must freak you out a little bit. Oh, it's incredible to watch, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. But no, he's a good guy, mate. Good guy. So we're joined by uh, a guest this week in our lovely studio, and he is. It's quite impressive. It is a nice studio. There's a lawnmower in the corner (laughs) and some boxes in the other side. And spiders. Spiders. And there are some spiders, yeah. yeah. Joined by Kate Britton. Morning, gents. Who is a um, wellness coach, can I say? Yes. She's a wellness coach, uh, local, very good friend of ours. I say that loosely. I was going to say, do you reckon? (laughs) Not in them slides. We've known Kate for quite a while. You you actually used to train Hedy a yeah. little bit, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, as a PT instructor. Yeah. And then you sort of come more into like wellness <laughs> yeah. and another bit. Tell us a little bit about how you come to being where you are today. So, um, to cut it short, I used to have quite a high-profile job in the city. Um, fell pregnant, got very, very stressed. Um, during your pregnancy? During my pregnancy. Yeah. And without telling more, we'd had a massive breakdown after giving birth to my son. Got into, um, always been into fitness at some of the run marathons, done an ultra marathon and whatnot. Um, but the only way I could sort of get myself out of this hole was from exercise. Um, so I used to spend hours and hours and hours, ex- far too much exercise, but it was the only way that I could sort of get a, a focus, not thinking about what I was going through. So I used to do that. Then started looking at the whole mindfulness, meditation, positive thinking, reading a lot of sort of books about how to reshape your mind, like Joe Dispenza, um, Byron Katie, things like that. Had a bit of coaching myself, started practicing meditation with other people, um, became a meditation coach, um, and then realised that obviously 
a lot of people that are in sport, as I'm sure Perry can appreciate, you can all appreciate, often struggle with the whole mental side of it. And a lot of people that were coming to me, a lot of my women, majority of my clients are women, had obviously experienced some sort of mental health concerns or issues in the past. Um, and then I realised that the more women that were coming to me weren't necessarily coming to me on that fitness side of it, although it was very important. And then it was then branching on to the whole mental well-being, and that's where I'm heading now. So I'm still coaching people on a PT side, but obviously not as intensely as what you are, but giving women the realisation how important that is to get those hormones, <coughs> get that, those endorphins released. Um, but at the same time, sitting down, going through things, building their confidence, getting them to stand in their reality about things, giving them a purpose, making them realise their own purpose. As I'm sure you have with a lot of your women, or a lot of your clients that you're coaching, they have to have a purpose. If we don't have a purpose, then who, who are we? And um, yeah, taking it from there. So. I mean, P- Perry and I have spoke loads and loads about, you know, certain ways that you train people, whether you're coaching them, in a mindful set or whether you're coaching them to win medals or, you know, whatever. We've always said, like with Perry's coaching, whether you're doing a park run or yeah. whether you're going to do like a full Ironman or whether you just want to get out of bed and feel good yeah. or whatever it is. Everybody's in their own race, mm. isn't they? And everybody's in their own journey. And there's all different different ways to get, like, finishing that line, if you mm. like, you know. Mm. So what, what do you think is the... The majority of your clients, they, they, what is it they want to achieve? I'd say for the majority of people, it is just a sense of worth and well-being. And at the end of the day, if, if we're happy in what we're doing, then we have that. But as soon as you lose that, no matter what you do, even if you're working, like we were saying earlier, at an Olympic level, a high event sporting level, or you're just getting out of bed every day and going for a run... If you're not having that self-worth, whatever you're doing is totally invalid. So for me, a lot of women come to me, I love women that they can't even squat when they initially come to me. They can't, you know, they can't run a 5K, they can't, most of their exercise is purely based maybe about running after their kids or walking to the station to and from work every day. And for me, it's about changing their whole mindset around it, saying something that they can do it, working with them like you do with your lady or your clients and getting them to change that mindset around themselves because no matter who you are, if you you have to psych your, your clients up before they go into something. They have to be in that mindset. If you went up to somebody and went, you're not going to do that, and someone thinks that about themselves anyway, if you went to your, your client, you're not, you're not going to do that. That's all they're going to think. And then that's a down, like we were talking about, it's a downward spiral. And then it becomes addictive. You become addictive to that thought, that negative way. But the more you big people up, the more you encourage people, the more people are realising who they are, what they're able to achieve, <coughs> the more that they can do, the more successful they become. Mm. And it's not always necessarily to have that success, to, to win, to come first, to achieve, but to feel it in yourself, to have that self-worth and to know that you've done everything that you can is more rewarding than anything yeah, that anybody can have. And yeah. it has that role on effect, doesn't it? You must have this with a lot of yours. You know, we've said that you have your elite athletes, 
age groupers and Mark Fountain. <laughs> <laughs> Slides. <laughs> so even with you're that... The, you're the elitist. I keep trying to tell you yeah. this. That's not even a word. <laughs> I just made it up for you. It's not even a word. Yeah, well, that's why I pinpointed it. <laughs> still, I'm still last in, in whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. but you you know you you have you have exactly the same sort of thing. You have it. Don't matter what what you're doing, whether you you know whether you want to make it 100 meters or mm. whether you want to you know finish that four iron man or anything like that. You, you've all got the same mindset of every do, of doing mm. it. Don't matter which way you do it whatsoever. You know, and I think we're used to are so similar is you have to home into the psychological aspect mm. of people. So, you know, you need to get to the root of the problem before mm. you even start doing anything, you know. Yeah. Like for for me to start running and for Hedy to start running as well, it was more the fact that, I mean, we, we're probably two of the most busiest people like ever at the minute, but you still find time for the running because it's a good stress relief and it's, yeah, a, and it's a good way of switching off and yeah. shutting the laptop off and, and not mm. having to worry about work for like an hour, two hours or whatever it is, do you know what I mean? And you, and you get something to strive for. And even when you do that first 5K, that first 10K, it all rolls onto all the other stuff, doesn't it? Mm. You know, our, our, I think our big mission is to either run an ultra or do an Ironman. You know, that, that's, our, that's our goal, yeah. eventually. Not sure how long that's going to be, Coach, to be honest. But, <laughs> I can you know, see you that, going on. My yeah, I can see you going on. Challenging. <laughs> I just like the enthusiasm. The enthusiasm is good. Yeah, but, you know, we enjoy. Yeah. the thing is we enjoy it. You mm. know, I don't enjoy the training, in all honesty, mm. but I love getting a medal. So that's, that's the reason why I do it. And everybody's got a different reason for doing stuff, haven't they? So, I mean, what, what do you do to home into people's psychology if you like because a lot of your clients are, are women as well aren't they yeah yeah I mean I've got I've, I have got uh, obviously uh, male athletes me you um, <laughs> but a lot of my success has come from females whether it's age group and, and, and professional but I think I think it's important I know we touched on it before uh, we started this I think it's what's, what's in, and a key thing with anything psychological is the adaptability mm. to what what where that person is at that particular time. So if you're, you know, and, it, and, I, and we've we've touched on it before, um, and this is where you came involved <laughs> when I when I when I categorised the the elite athletes, the age group is then obviously you. <laughs> but but the thing is, it, what the point the point I make is 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 adapting to where that where that person is at that particular time. So. You literally, there's there's not there's not one way fits all kind of thing. You know, you've literally got to be flexible when it comes down to psychological aspects of any any driven direction. It's about understanding where that person is at that particular time, what their background's all about, uh, and it, and you go right back to really their childhood with that. And I do that a lot as all with all my athletes to understand where the desire comes from, the aspiration, where the drive is. You know, and, and, and that's when you start building the blocks of how am I going to motivate this athlete to achieve the best that they can? You know, and it's understanding what their particular 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 goals are. And I always say, you know, everyone's got their own Everest. You know, it's just how you get there. All right. Yeah. But for me, it's it's about understanding the individual. And that doesn't really matter whether they're a professional athlete or whether they're just... No, I 100% yeah. agree. So one of my sayings is everyone's got a story. Yeah. It's just how, whether you keep reliving that story yeah. or whether you choose to have said, 
right, okay, that's not going to shape me, but it does have an influence on everything yeah. that I do. Yeah. So exactly the same for you. I'm sure you have people that are there for a particular reason. And yeah. I'm saying going back to childhood and things yeah. like that because a lot of our fears, a lot of our traumas are learned. Yeah. A lot of them are irrational. Yeah. But taking that right back yeah. and then finding sometimes people's vulnerabilities yeah. and exposing it and yeah. then saying to people, okay, you want to get here, yeah. but this cannot keep stopping you. You, yeah. know, you say it's your Everest. You've got to keep climbing over it yeah. and allow it to have a part of who you are and what you're trying to achieve but don't let it be that barrier. Mm. And that so many people do that. Mm. And I find particularly, unfortunately, women yeah. will do that. They'll have a bad experience. So for me, obviously, having that whole, my postnatal depression afterwards, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a depressive. I'm a depressive. Mm. But I'm not. I was mm. depressed. And then that has now shaped me who I am yeah. now. It gives me my confidence and my understanding of things and allows me to do what I do. But... If I didn't get over that barrier, like what you're saying with people, I would never be who I am now. And that's, it's, it's quite hard. It's, I mean, I don't know how you find it. It's, it's a bloody big hurdle mm. to get over to say to people, right, okay, we have this, but it doesn't shape you, but we're going to use all the vulnerabilities and everything that you've learned from it to push you to pass, to be that person you need to be. And I think... Although we're saying that everybody's completely different and, you know, not everyone's had trauma or whatnot, but we've no. all got vulnerabilities, we've all got insecurities and things like that. And I 100% agree with you that you need to get you need to get past that in anything that you do in life. could be something absolutely tiny. Like you were saying, you have some people that don't, you know, they're not very good on social media or whatever. They might have issues with talking about themselves yeah. or you know, disclosing information about themselves and things like that. And then again, in that field, if they want to be successful, that's something that they need to get over. So you're not just coaching them on a sporting level, you're coaching them on a mental level mm. as well, mm. without being a psychiatrist. Mm. But you have but to I, understand But I honestly think all coaches, whether you're, whether you're a business coach, life coach, sporting coach, wellness coach, mm. don't matter, all you coaches, you all... I personally feel it will come under the same sort of umbrella. You you are psychologists. If you because not, you have to get into the depth of exactly, a lot of people. I watch yeah. I watch Perry I use Perry as an example because I, I've spent so much time with Perry and watched his coaching methods and everything. You really you have to dig so deep into people, mm. don't you? You know, and yeah. obviously everybody's different and you use different <clears throat> methods on, on loads of different people. I've seen him, you know, there's one particular athlete that you had to lose your temper with and you had to shout with because that, yeah. what, that's what she needed. Mm. Then there's other people that you sit down and there's a shoulder to cry on yeah, if you need course. it, you know, yeah. everything. And to be able to turn and adapt like that, I think that's what make you lot as coaches just uh, unbelievable mm. really, in my eyes, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard going sometimes. You, 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 ex you have to expose a lot of yourself as well. Mm. I don't know for you, Perry, what it's like, but for me, a lot of the reason that people come to me is because I am able to say, no, I've been there, I know how you feel, I know how that is, right, okay, we want to move on from that. I was the woman, yeah, that was on the treadmill for five hours of the day because that was the only way I could escape what was going through my head. But, we, you know, you, as you're saying, you have to use lots of different ways and sometimes mm. that is tuning into people's vulnerabilities. So that woman that maybe wanted someone to shout at her, might have spent most of her childhood just with people going, that's fine, you can do it, yeah, do whatever you want, blah, 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 blah. And she's so used to people being passive that when you go to her, come on, come on, come on, come on, 
it completely tunes into something different with her and she's got things from a different aspect and she's like, I can't, yeah, I need to move, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to focus on, on where I am because if it's not working up here in your head, doesn't matter what you do with your body, like, I'm sure you agree, you, have to, you could be the fittest person in the world, you could be, your body could be amazing, but if psychologically you're not there, it's not going to happen. I mean, I've run marathons before and thought, I'm peak fit, and then <clears throat> the night before I've had a bad night's sleep and then I've gone, oh, it's rubbish, I've had a bad night's sleep, oh, the breakfast was terrible, oh, I haven't had enough carbs, whatever, and then I've literally, my mm. time's been atrocious, mm. and then I've gone into one, one, one of my first ever marathons that I run, I had n- absolutely no idea what I was doing, I signed up to Loch Ness, and everyone's like, why are you doing that? It's really hilly. I'd never done one before. So I went in it with my eyes closed and just went, yeah, if I have to walk it, I have to walk it. And did one of my best times. And that was one of my first ones. Mm. Because I, because of my mindset in it. And mindset in, in everything, in sport, in everyday life, in absolutely everything that we do is fundamentally the most important thing. Yeah. I've, and... Even with you two, with how similar it is, you 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 had a breakdown mm. when when you was pregnant. Perry, you had a horrendous bike accident, yeah, and ended up with quite a quite a brain injury. Mm. Both of you have had sport to bring you back mm. from from dark places. Mm. You know, you what was it? It was a year to the day of your accident. You completed an Ironman. Yeah, when amazing. Yeah, incredible. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean. I mean that that's all about that was all mental mm. and it was it was mental for so many different reasons I think when you get told up until the moment I got told that I'd never be able to probably compete or or run properly or walk properly again I think I was happy to actually just accept that everything was over for me but at that given moment it was almost as if like I was having to go out of the system mm. and I, it gave me the motivation to to literally prove everyone wrong, wrong. But, yeah, it's the best thing that ever happened to me, really. That's what I think. From a coaching point of view, you know, it's gave me, it's gave me certain tools that I've got today mm. to, to use with, with athletes. Yeah. And you probably your um, your period of where you had a breakdown and stuff like that, I think it's probably gave you the certain tools in your locker to approach your your day-to-day yeah. kind of... Um, you know, the thing is, you, you you relate what you see and what I see in a lot of athletes where they, you literally get to a point where you think you can't. I was told by some of the best consultants in, in that industry that you will not have the strength because your brain won't let you. Mm. Well, I obviously proved them wrong. So that's why when an athlete turns around and says to me, I can't, I literally think that's rubbish mm. because you can. Because you have that experience. Yeah. So dealing with people's mental health, as I say, unless you're a counsellor or a psychiatrist and, you, and you've got a qualification, a lot of this industry isn't vetted. So like with life coaching, it's not vetted. No. But the people who, in, in my experience, are the best coaches are the people who've been through the experience. So saying, going back to again about that story, you cannot give people that advice and say to people right okay I know, I know how you feel I know what you're doing I know what you're going through and push and pass that barrier unless you've had that experience yourself so like for you saying you had that 
horrendous accident. Although, yeah, you can to a degree because you understand the sport and you understand what's going on, push people. Having that little bit more mm. of what happened to you and how you got through that and accepting it, but not accepting it and saying, yeah, OK, I understand what you're saying, but that's not for me. That's not mm. what's going to happen. You have to have that. You have to have that. I know exactly what you're going through. And I don't know about you, but when I, I wasn't well... I found a lot of comfort in talking to people who had been through what I'd been through, not just so that I could understand what I was going through was normal, mm. but that there wasn't a barrier there for me. There was the opportunity to push through it and to say, no, 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 I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop there. That's not going to be the be all and end all for me. Um, and I think that's really, that's, so important in our jobs because if we didn't have that experience like without sort of sorry being a bit bringing it back to you Mark for a second when you was talking to my husband the other day about your dad passing away Mm -hmm. you couldn't speak to him and get him and understand what he's saying and say no okay I understand what Rob's saying and then get around that mindset of how Rob's saying to you no 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 you, you know you will think about him every day but it gets easier and whatnot because Rob's been through that yeah. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so for us it's not a, it's not a vetted industry in terms of where you're going psychologically with it and how you're, you're speaking to your clients and training your clients but you have to have had that experience for me that is the most important thing and for you having had that and being had that accident and pushed through it if I was looking at somebody for a coach I would say okay that man knows what he's talking about because he's pushed through those barriers and saying about women coming to me I I couldn't talk to a woman about postnatal depression if I hadn't had it Mm. I'm like oh yeah you know, <clears throat> I can read up about about it as much as I want, but it's the experience of it. And for you to be able to do that, like you say, it's your story and it's not restricted you. You've used it as an advantage. Mm. So then you know how to do that with other people. Was you, this is for you, Perry, you know, same question for you as well, Kate. Was you, was you like that before you had your accident? Was yeah. you very much, if someone said you can't do it, you go... Yeah, no, I was, I was. And the thing is with me, I've always had good intuition and I didn't actually learn about the strength of my intuition actually until so many good things come back from my brain injury Mm. because I didn't really learn about my strengths and weaknesses as a communicator until I actually had my brain injury. I kind of took it for granted what I was actually understanding about people. So I still had a lot of these attributes before I had the brain injury. But what actually happened when I had the brain injury, I tuned them, it tuned into them a lot more. Yeah. And actually my intuition become far greater because, you know, <clears throat> I mean, when I <clears throat> first had my accident, I couldn't really talk properly. I had a lot long-term short-term uh, memory loss. Um, used to get heavily fatigued. So I had to literally learn about the brain and the emotional side of the brain and retrain it. <clears throat> and through different exercises when I used to go and see these consultants I literally worked out where my strengths was and actually when I kind of think about how I was before I was like that before but I didn't actually I wasn't in tune to the fact I was like that before if that kind of makes sense yeah made it a strong tool for you yeah 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 yeah. so so yeah I think I've because I've had other experiences in my life but I think this particular one has blown everything up to really make me understand where 
why why I see things the way I do, why I can understand people the way I do, and then kind of like tune into it from that experience. So you've had to train your brain really in uh, in quite a lot of ways since the accident. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to go and. You know, just uh, uh, test my memory, understand that we used to do different exercises with numbers and lettering and um, just different kind of like mood exercises and stuff like that uh, to, to just kind of like, and I mean, in the end, I actually, I got bored of it and I gave it up because I just thought it was useless for me. But what 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 it was, what it actually done for me is actually realised <clears throat> rather than, rather than go back to where I was, to accept the way what I've become and actually make them stronger. You know, I was an academic when I was at school. Um, and that's the reason why I become intuitive because I, I had to have a, a logical way of thinking because my academic side wasn't as strong. And when you're at school, they want to try and push your academics. Mm-hmm. But actually, no, you've got some intelligence somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And that's all I've done, really. And, 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 the, and the, uh, the, the injury kind of strengthened that process for me. So Kate, was you was you always quite a positive person before your postnatal depression? Uh no. I was quite a hard nosed person. Um I was very so much you was. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I was very much of you make your own decisions, you make your own destiny, you you, you decipher everything for yourself. It's, it's how you deal with things, um, and I still do believe that to a, a degree now. But you know, I my sister had quite a bad breakdown when when quite a few years before me, and I was sort of that. Oh, you know, you need to cheer up a bit. You need to get on with it. And it's a bit like asking the no-legged man to do a skip. Do you know what I mean? It's, it doesn't work like that. Um, so I think, obviously, after I had my breakdown, I mean, I much prefer who I am now. People used to say to me, you're so hard, you're so hard-fronted, you're so... And almost inapproachable about some things. But that's why I was so successful in my job, because I was just like, no, we have to get this done. No, we have to do this. No, we don't care if you're sick. I don't care if this has happened, you know, to my staff. No, we've got to get it done. That's it. There was no... Um, no understanding of what people were going through, and then I think because I didn't have that, was that was that more of like quite a selfish attitude towards anybody and everything because you wanted it done a certain way? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really have an understanding of what anyone was going through, and then I think when I got ill, I didn't understand what I was going through, and people were going to me, "Oh no, you're depressed." I was like, "I ain't depressed. I'm not depressed. I'm not a depressed person." Mm. Um, and it just sort of it happens. But for me now, I'm in everything in my life, like my relationships with my husband, my friends, my family. I'm so much happier, and they're so much happier with me. Like my mum says to me, she's like, "You were awful. Like, couldn't approach you about anything. Couldn't give you any um, constructive criticism about anything. You were just terrible." And now it's you know, no one likes to be criticised, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's how you process it, you know. So. I, if anything, I would say I'm, I'm a much better person for what happened to me. What, uh, what industry was you in before? Before, so oh, I have to be careful what I say. So I worked for a council in London okay. involved in... Um, I honestly thought you were going to say MI5. Yeah, that's it. No, I have to be careful. 
When you said you had to be careful, I thought, no, sure. no, like, some sort yeah. of James Bond. Um, so basically, I was involved in certain projects of of, of the building trade within the council. Oh, okay. So oh, okay. yeah, I was quite oh, okay. high up in that. Yeah, yeah. and then I worked for a very high profile female who. I'm not allowed to swear, am I? So I won't tell you anything. No, I'm <laughs> no dropping C bombs yeah. on this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a high pressurised yeah. job. Yeah, and I used to put a lot of pressure on myself, but even more pressure on myself by doing things like sporting events, like marathons and ultra marathons and whatnot, just because pressure was all I knew. Mm-hmm. So that's all I ever used to do. And then since I've had that and I've stopped and I've moved on to where I am now, I actually enjoy exercise, working out, sporting yeah. events, things like that. There was no enjoyment in it before. So, so, where, so where can, um, if anyone was interested yeah. in coming to speak to you, mm-hmm. where can where can I get in contact with you? You found me in the wind. No. <laughs> with the hippie bit in. Um, so I am Kate Britton from Kate Britton Total Wellness. Right. So I can be contacted on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I've got an email address, admin at kbtotalwellness.co.uk. Okay. Yes. Um, what, so what um, What kind of, let's say people, because it's open to obviously mm-hmm. as well, even though you yep. predominantly do females. So, so what, you know, if I'm sitting there listening to this podcast and I'm thinking, oh, you know, this could be me, mm. what, what kind of person, are, you know, are you, would come to you? So anybody really who's, Either A, struggling a little bit of identity, mm-hmm. who they are, wanting to realise their own reality and dealing with that a bit more, increasing your confidence, increasing the, your awareness of everything else that's going on around you, people that are wanting to know where they're heading, what their purpose is, mm-hmm. um, and just having that, that bit of looking at your vulnerabilities and then realising that it doesn't have to be a negative, that you can use it as a positive. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, I'm, I've got about 12 women that I'm coaching in a group. Um, one of them is a man. No, two of them are men. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, with all of those, we are, what is your purpose? Realising their reality of what's going on in their lives, not looking at it in a negative and then moving on from there so that they're not going, I don't know who I am, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know where I'm heading. Um, And some of those people are either mums and they're at home, Mm -hmm. so they're not working, and then we've got a couple of them that are very high-profile women in their jobs, but they feel a bit stuck. They've succeeded in a lot of stuff um, professionally and personally, but they don't know where they're heading. Um, And again, that's all sort of around your emotional... And, and your, your mindset and whatnot. So, so would they have? Is it something that they come along for one session, two sessions, a, a booking? However, book however you feel. I mean, generally with people you meet, you have an assessment, have a chat because you might meet somebody, and I'm sure you know some of your clients. You meet them, and you're like, they're not quite clicking, mm, or yeah. mm. I'm not quite the person that they want, mm-hmm. or they perhaps necessarily need. Mm. Um, and then you you take it from there mm-hmm. but there's always 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 that support so it's either in we have um, sessions where people come and meet in groups so once they're done with us they then go on and perhaps um, join other people that we've coached before yeah. and they sit with them some of them are in like a sporting background some of them is professional <clears throat> some of them it's like a mum group 
some of them I've got a group of of, of lads that have recently come out to their parents and they're sort of kind of dealing with that and not really knowing where they're going with it and whatnot. Um, and I have to stress it's obviously not, um, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychi- psychiatrist or anything mm. like that. Um, but it's giving people the tools. So but that's they can nice do that because you're a normal person who's yeah. suffered with something personally mm. and come out the other side smiling. Yeah. You've got a lovely little boy. Mm. I love your husband to bits. I, I think he's one of the nicest weird. men I've ever met. <laughs> I really, I really, really do, and you should be proud of that as well. Yeah. You know, you come out the other end, come out the other end. You know, smiling, and same with you, Perry, as well. You know, you, you've got a loving wife, you've got two lovely girls, you've got a fantastic job, you live a good life. Mm. You know, everything's everything's going really well, and I, and I think that's something that people can look up to as well. With both of you, with mm. both of your sets of clients that you have, is that there is light at the end of the tunnel. You know, mm. it doesn't matter how bad and how deep in the ground you are. There's a way to claw yourself out, and there is a way to, to to come back up smelling of roses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I um, my my opinion and view on this the psychological bracket is probably um, against the system anyway, because I, I I generally don't think you can go to a college or university and become a psychiatrist. I think you can understand the processes. I agree, but you don't walk yeah, out of university yeah. and then all of a sudden start having the intuition to actually. Um, kind of understand people yeah, yeah. you so, can be uh, I know people that are, are counsellors and they're the most awkward people with no experience you know mm. they never really had any trauma or anything like that or ever had to sit down yeah. and divulge things about that and really dig that deep mm. and I think oh, how are you doing this how are you going to people that yeah. are that vulnerable mm. and and getting a you know a solution for those. Oh, we we used to have the same with with Lane, my son, mm. with his disabilities that he's got. When we used to go to different consultants, and they would start telling us stuff of how how we should be dealing with him and mm. how we should be doing stuff. I'm like, have you got have you got kids? No. Yeah. So you haven't got kids, and you haven't got a disabled mm. kid either. So what gives you the right to tell me yeah. how to deal with him? Because mm. you're doing it all textbook. Yeah. No idea what you know. You go home at five o'clock, shut the door, and forget about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. I have it twenty four seven. So you know, it's and and I guess the same like we we've used to used to have lived it. You've been there and, mm. and done it. Mm. You know, so people would be more willing to give them people a go than what they would. Yeah, the professional academic sitting the other side of the desk. Yeah. there's probably got loads of letters underneath his name mm. or her name, whoever, mm. but lacks zero. Um, Zero sort of life skills within. Yeah, and understanding. It goes back to what we were saying earlier mm. about the whole story and the experience. Yeah. You have to have had it. Like, mm. you you have it so you can connect mm. with your client. You're like, right, okay, when they say to you can't do it, mm. and you're like, no, you can, and I know you can because mm. I've done it. Exactly the same as when I have, you know, people come to me, I feel like I'm in this hole and I'm depressed and, and, and I've got this newborn baby and I, I can't bond with it, I can't stand it. And you're like, no, you will. It will happen. You just have to give it time. And, and like I was saying earlier, I, used, I I found a lot of solace in going to people who had been through what I'd been through. And I've got a lot of friends now who, other than the fact that I've connected with them on that level, I um, sorry, I I wouldn't be friends with them outside from what I'm doing. And I'm sure yeah. you've got that as well. You've probably got people who. On a, on a sporting level, you're like, right, okay, I really get this person and blah, blah, blah. But if, and they're, and they're great, they're amazing for you and they're such a big, like, support and you have that network. 
But if you didn't know him for another, you might be like, oh, oh, what else have I got in common? But that doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you do have that in common and that's why you love each other and that's why, you know, you get on. So it's like, you. I'm so sorry. I like, I'm because my phone rang. I don't know yeah, if you I know it's that. So unprofessional. Is that Domino's? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was the fashion police. They want those slides back. <laughs> Nothing wrong with my slides. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, take yeah. the boy out of Essex. Socks with on the norm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I completely lost the train of what, what was going Don't on. Don't worry, there. we did for a bit and people started laughing and I started laughing and that was it. <laughs> yes, I was more, more bothered um, I left my phone on. Sorry. Was, was, uh, Kate was actually, and um, you've, you've been witness to how I, I am as a coach. What what Kate was saying is obviously through through the through the things that you actually do and how you connect with people, you might actually connect with that person on an emotional level where actually you are like as connected as you probably would do one of your friends, for argument's sake. Mm. But actually without out on the outside of what you do on a day to day basis, you probably won't go down the pub with that person. Oh yeah. Without you know, there's not obviously a, a, a mm. personal thing there, but yeah, it's very much like what what I the way I am as a coach so it's yeah it's the same same kind of thing but that's Perry, Perry has a lot of cut off with with from what I've seen with either he's, he's there he's there to do a job he's there to get results he's not there to be your mate you know you, you go to races with a lot of the athletes yeah. don't you but mm-hmm. he, he won't have lot, a lot to do with them when they're racing because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to influence them in any sort of way whatsoever and you have quite a few athletes that are Dare I say, probably a bit stupid within race day, and they they're not. They're, you, I think you can tell whether what their results are going to be even before they set off. Yeah. Like when you were saying before about the mindset yeah. of, of the way you are, I mm. think if your head goes, your race is gone, isn't it? Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. and that's that's even the same with getting up out of bed in the morning. If you yeah. ain't got, if you ain't got a white head on, then yeah. your whole day's gone, mm. and it really. Well, all, all these processes. I mean, if you, if you take what I do, if you take the sport out of it, and and Mark, Mark's, I mean, Mark's been witness to a lot of my coaching, so it's a lot easier for him to actually understand how I kind of promote what I do. But I want to come and watch now. You should do. You should come Definitely. on a camp. Yeah. They're really, honestly, they're really beneficial. I really want to come. The breakfast in a hotel, I love it. But 90, 90%, I always say like 90% of what I do is all psychological. Mm. But the thing is, if you take if you take that process out, it is, it is, all, it is all about developing that person to to what they want to do yeah, so you know it's um, you know it's, it's an interesting process and I think that I, I don't I don't realistically promote being a friend with any of my athletes mm. I'm friendly with my athletes and but we're all there to do a job and we're yeah. all there to get a result and I'm you know there's there's got to be a respect there you know I think that there I think the first time that Mark really tuned into it as I think we, we you the first time you came out to Cyprus and all the, the squad from the swimming pool wanted to go for the, a coffee and I said yeah because obviously I've been polite mm. but I literally sat down for like 10 seconds I was like come on we're going mm. you know it's it's, 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 a, it's, a, mm. it's a dynamic that's very important and, and for me mm. even in your job you've got to have dynamics yeah, with people yeah. so they, they yeah. understand where yeah where, because it, otherwise if people end up sort of Sometimes with with my clients, um, 
they end up relying on you too much. And the yeah. whole point of my job is to give them the tools to go away so mm-hmm. that they're not yeah. relying on me. But at the same time, being human and being empathetic and, you know, if they text me at a certain <coughs> time at night and go, I'm, I'm really, I'm not coping with this very well, that I'm still there for them. But then obviously that's where my job is a lot more personal mm. than yours is. But yeah, you still have to have those barriers because a lot of people as well, sometimes when they are, when it is an emotional thing, like a sport and they're putting everything into it, mm. they can become too attached. And then that is then taken away from them what they're able to do themselves, that mental strength of, of how they're going to cope with that themselves rather than relying on you. And, and that's, that goes with people in everyday life. I mean, we mm. do it with our kids, you know, mm. we... we we train our kids so that when they leave the nest, yeah. they're able to go off on their own and do it, and they don't rely on us on us too much, as much as you know. Still my baby, but um, I can't wait for mine to go. To be honest, can you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> horrible. <laughs> no, Miles is going to be mummy's baby forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I want to. Uh, I'm going to wrap things yeah, up now. I want to thank you so much for no, coming thank on. You yeah, for thank having you for having me. And if you if you want to uh, get in contact with Kate. How can I find you again? So I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and it's um, Kate Britton Total Wellness. Um, well, thank you very much for coming. Thank you. No, thank thank you. you. Good really to speak to you. And you. Mm.